the objective is to when you walk into this to this kitchen, especially my kitchen, I don't want you to feel that this is the most stressful thing you've had to do all day. I want you to come in and make yourself feel good and also make other people feel good as well on what you're making because the best gift you can give to somebody is something that you do with your hands. Mm. And as soon as you see that smile on their face and remind them of back home, that's how every restaurant can make people feel, especially if you're a different culture. Yeah. Or a culture that you grew up eating because you eat like a peach cobbler. It's like, oh, it's remind me of grandma. We used to make it. It's remind me of my mom and my dad making barbecue in the backyard. This remind me of it. And you want to come back to that place because it reminds you of what, how you grew up. So there's, there's the culture of chefs is changing right now into a better place, but the culture of food, that's when it's just, it's, it's like this now. There's work to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of work to do. Hi, I'm Nisa. <laughs> and I'm Tabari. The husband and wife duo behind Ginger and Carrot Productions. A creative agency telling captivating stories about food and culture. Food is life. It's history, culture, it's nourishment. But most importantly, it's delicious. In this podcast, we're cutting up with our friends in the industry who feel the same way. So join us for the most epic conversation about food you're going to hear today. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, really quick, I just want to let y'all know that Ginger and Care Productions is accepting photography and videography clients. So if you have an epic food story that you want to tell for your brand, your restaurants, your platform, then go to gingerandcarrot.com, fill out that intake form, and let's get started. Let's start the conversation. So I cannot wait to hear from you. All right, back to the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Picture Authenticity Podcast. This week we have Chef DeAndre. He is executive chef at RR Breakfast Spot, a family-owned restaurant with tasty traditional breakfast dishes in Chino, California. And if that wasn't enough, he's also a private chef. I don't know how he finds the time, but he's also a private chef. And maybe you know some of his clients, maybe not. We'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> Chef DeAndre, welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm uh, I'm good. I'm really good. It's got really good to be here. Good to be here with you guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I know you're from your family's from Mississippi, but you were, you were born out here and raised out here. So what was it like growing up with kind of the West Coast, Southern California, and also like the South food? Kind of like what was that growing up for you? How was that? Um, it was a. It was. It just created so much love. Just being in the kitchen with my with my mom and my brother and my uncles and my aunts who can throw down like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they would, you would wake up at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m. My uncle, we have grits, eggs, bacon, pancakes, French toast. He wow. even baked like three cakes for dessert later that day. Uh, <laughs> he already prepping for dinner. I'm like, how do you have the time? To make all this within two hours, I don't know. I was always fascinated about it. Mm-hmm. And um, just 
growing up in, in those roots, it, it taught me a lot about life lessons and um, mm -hmm. family um, and also just be connected with uh, your spirit and yourself and get to know people from different cultures. So it really opened doors for um, a lot of opportunities to meet new people. Is that when you fell in love with cooking or was that, did that come later? You were like, maybe I can do this too. What was um, well, my whole family knows how to cook since mm -hmm. they're from the South. Um, they, they, I've always grew up around food, like mm -hmm. everywhere, like a large plethora of it. So it's, it's always been embedded in me that I would be doing something with food. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't, it didn't reach me to do it until maybe two years after, after I graduated from high school. So um, now I decided to go to uh, Mount Sac uh, for a couple of years to see what I want to do because I didn't know what I wanted to do um, mm -hmm. after I graduated high school. But then, you know, it hit me. It's like I was watching. I remember I was at home and mm -hmm. I was watching TV um, and then the culinary arts commercial came on for the Cordon Bleu. And um, I was like, hmm, it just, it just sparked. I was like, hmm. yeah. I was like, okay, let me, let me see what this is about. So, you know, I wrote down the information. Um, I called the school to, you know, have me attend a, a tour around the school. Hmm. That day, it was just like, it just yeah. hit me. You know, seeing the chefs with their, their white coats and their, hmm. their hats and, seeing the students with their book bags and their chef uh, knives kit and everything. I was like, I can do this. Yeah. I, can do this. <laughs> I can do this. It reminded me of, you know, all the chefs that I watched up growing and um, it just sparked a whole new pathway, new pathway for me. And ever since it's been a journey, mm -hmm. a big journey. Mm -hmm. I love those moments of clarity, though. Yeah. I think I kind of live for those moments of clarity where there's this big question mark over something very specific. And then in a very memorable moment, mm -hmm. you receive the answer. Yeah. And those moments are like, I'm starting to love those moments more than like joy. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, because it's like, it is such a relief to mm -hmm. be like, I know what I'm going to do now. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a, like it confirmed that I need to be here because my last name is Jones. And the mm -hmm. first chef teacher, his name was Chef Jones. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yep. It's be here. fine. <laughs> yep. I'm not going anywhere else. <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of like athletic families yeah. where there'll be like one person that's in the NBA and then you look into the family and they're like, well, we all played basketball. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course you did. <laughs> Everybody's six feet, five, six, seven. Yeah. yeah, you're meant to play basketball. I'm going to yeah. be a lawyer. No, you're meant to play basketball. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it interesting when people say, they were in the South and I was how to cook. And I always like, <laughs> because my grandmother was the, the cook, 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And my grandfather knew how to cook, but he passed when it was like teenagers. So I never really, really got to know him or taste his food and like that. My uncle was like a barbecue guy. You know what I mean? Um, my dad's on the grill a little bit too, but I would not say that my family was like a cooking family. Yeah, cooking. Like we cooked a lot of stuff in our, in our own house. That was mostly because we were in um, the nation of Islam. We were homeschooled. So a lot of stuff, it was like, we'll do everything help at the house. And they cooked a lot. And we, my mom like made bread and put a lot of stuff at home, but it was kind of the same five things. It was kind of like fish and spaghetti, fried, fried this. Um, here's the veggies over here. I remember when couscous came around, like towards high school or later, it was like, oh, we, we should change it up. Change it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, it wasn't really until I, well, and really until I, I met you, right, right before that, I was like tiptoeing to find it. I was like, if I can make this marinated kale and salmon dish, I can just start to do stuff. Um, and I was like starting to date anymore. And then we met. And then Lisa is the biggest cook I know. <laughs> and so I was like, I got to step my game up, bro. I can't be like, I'm not, I need like a second dish or something. And it kind of led me to here now where I'm baking bread today because we are out of bread. But that's so funny because I think I think that's more so due to like I don't want to say poverty because like that's not how I felt growing up but I think that's more so due to like hard-working families because Mm -hmm. I feel like your family is hard-working and everybody's working and everybody's got one and a half to two jobs you tend to eat the Mm -hmm. same like four or five dishes over and over. Mm -hmm. And so when families have like a lot of food and it's like the music's playing and we're up early, like Mm -hmm. it feels like a class thing, even if it's like, okay, money's still tight, but just the sheer volume of having people to like bring something to the table, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it feels like a form of abundance in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that is missing in today's generation. Um, it's been missing for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. Going over your parents' house or your grandparents' house, um, having Sunday dinner, uh, mm-hmm. everyone in the kitchen together mm-hmm. as a unit and, you know, chopping it up, uh, talking about how their week went. I'm um, talking mm-hmm. about family drama, you know, what's going on <laughs> with TV and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And typically now it's more so a parent or parents will cook the dinner um, and then they go in their separate rooms and watch TV. Mm-hmm. You know, they got the dad watching football. You got moms watching reality TV shows. You got the kids playing on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> dogs is running around crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no one cooking together as a unit, sitting down at a dinner table with no technology. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's missing and it's a lost trait in families that I think that should be brought back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because we lost so many people throughout the years, whether through um, you know, natural sickness or even through COVID, especially when COVID hit. Um, everyone lost a lot of people and, um, it's, it's such a, it's such a shame to not have that opportunity to get to know your grandparents or your parents the way you should have known them. Um, 
no one has any family recipes anymore. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting their recipes from whoever, just yeah. making the, their stuff up. I mean, from Instagram, I've seen some wild stuff on Instagram. Oh <laughs> my goodness. That's definitely on purpose. People are out here trolling. <laughs> I, <don't like. laughs> I think the too with there. the HelloFresh stuff and, yeah. and it's like no shame. Because trust yeah. me, like when times are busy and mm-hmm. and you need something and mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden nutrition starts to fall down the wayside like those solutions mm-hmm. are great yeah. but there is this like connection piece and it's funny that you mentioned sitting at the table because we have this like breakfast bar yeah. that we were basically just using as an extended kitchen counter <laughs> yeah. we recently cleared it off to use it as a dining table again mm-hmm. and we've been like eating breakfast mm-hmm. like all a bunch of meals honestly yeah. at this table and keeping it clear and it is a game changer for connection because it's so easy to just sit behind a tv or eat separately and Mm -hmm. that's how I grew up like I grew up I'm an only child and I Mm -hmm. grew up eating by myself a lot and I think that's why now Mm -hmm. I'm so obsessed with dining because it's like it's like the opposite of eating by (laughs) yourself like even when you're solo dining you're in a room of like a hundred people you know and i think that there's something about that 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 is my favorite setting to eat in and it is hard to get people together and it's not because they're not available but i think there's this like vulnerability that we're afraid to tap into to invite someone over even with our own family it's like it requires you putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. isolating and rejecting other things that you could be doing and risking them not being able to come or yeah. being late, which no one, wa- I feel like that's like the one thing I know with our generation, mm-hmm. we avoid at all costs. And it behind that risk is like everything you want. Yeah. So it's just so interesting to see like how hard it is to really like say, Hey, let's come over for dinner. I'm mm-hmm. cooking. Be on time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think part of it too is the habits that we form. Because if you, if every Sunday you've been doing kind of whatever else you've been doing, to get people out of that habit takes a while. And that's the, like you were just saying, like what you want is on the other side of that fear, that kind of like, uh, I, I want to be a nuisance. Uh, on the other side of that is actually what you, a lot of us are craving. And actually, yeah. what we need is community. And we definitely refocus on community because we moved from Atlanta from our support system out here to California. And we spent the first couple of months, it was it was me and you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm glad we have what we have here. But we got to a point probably like April, May, where we're like, no, bro, we didn't see nobody. We're like, nobody's here. Like there's no like Friday night kickbacks. There's no bonfires. Like I like we can just kind of pull up and whatnot. So we started to build the community, started putting ourselves out there more and more because that is the lifeblood of our business. But also our lives, our lives actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's something that we don't really. I I absolutely agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know, there's there's a lot of people that miss out on uh, friendships. Um, mm-hmm. Things are not the same as they were in the '90s or mm-hmm. the early 2000s, where you would just go outside and play with your friends yeah. and use your imagination and just have that bond between you know, you and that other person. Um, now it's more so through screens. It's more so mm-hmm. through um, 
phones, tablets, uh, YouTube, you know, it's not really through physical, you know, friendship, you know, just having that bond with, uh, between two people. And, you know, through food, as us as chefs, we use food through, we use food to bond between two people or more than two people to get closer to them through culture, um, through different personalities. Uh, we do it in the kitchen. We have different personalities in the kitchen. And it's, 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 it's difficult to bond different people through different backgrounds. Um, but it is our responsibility as head chefs and executive chefs to um, bring people together through one goal um, to execute it daily and it does it does get tough um we understand that our cooks and everybody in the position in our kitchen brigade uh has an outside life they are human uh they are they go through life-changing things um they do have kids all this other stuff so with me and my crew my kitchen brigade um I set the tone on how my kitchen, how, how I want my kitchen to be when they first wake up and when they first get in. So, you know, in the back, we'd be playing, you know, R&B music. We'd be playing all different types of music. Um, a lot of chefs around the kitchens play, like, different varieties of genres of music just to set the tone and get an idea of what people listen to so they can feel comfortable when they come into work. It shouldn't have to be, you know... <sighs> I got to cook this for this many people. Oh, I got to chop onions. Oh, I don't want to be here with these people. It shouldn't be like that. It may get like that at times, but daily, it shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it gets tough. Cooking is a physical, is a hard physical labor intensive um, job. Mm-hmm. Uh, this profession is really, really difficult. Um, if you don't have the passion for it, I wouldn't yeah. recommend that you do it. <laughs> it will, it will, it will chew you up and spit you out. And I literally, <laughs> literally you said the before. My mind. <laughs> it will, it so will. What are some uh, other things that you do to build the culture? So you talked about like the music that y'all mm-hmm. play. What are some other things that you do to nurture your team and build a culture that people can buy into and want to keep going in this field? Well, anytime I interview any cooks for uh, my kitchen brigade, um, one of the questions I ask is, um, what is your goal? What is, what is your goal as a cook? Um, what, is, what do you want to do in the future? Um, the reason why I ask that question is to set them up for success on where they want to go. Um, just recently, I had a culinary student uh, that we hired for our restaurant and our breakfast spot, and he had just graduated. And I asked him, you know, what do you want to do? He said, oh, I want to be, you know, run a restaurant of my own. I want to do a food truck. Um, you know, I want to build a business. I was like, okay, cool. So what I did in my, my, my position is that you would get that lineage up through me so you can go do whatever you want to do. So I teach him the culture of cooking, 
the reasons of how food is supposed to be cooked because I, <laughs> I tell I tell all my cooks like listen because we own a black owned restaurant it's like listen there's a difference between cooking as a black person there's a difference between cooking as a chef there are totally different things okay <laughs> a lot of black people like to burn a lot of stuff they want to burn they want a well done extra mega super hard burn and crusty and it's like no crispy extra crispy and it's like no like let me teach you the basics and then we'll 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 go from there but you know uh, everything that i learned from culinary school um i teach that to my cooks i have another i have my sous chef marie who is an amazing cook um she does pastries and baking that's what she ideally wants to do so we're hoping and we're praying that we get a, a bigger place so we can have room to do that. And she, I would put her in position to be the head pastry chef. And mm-hmm. she can do all her desserts, all her pastries, all her cookies, all the cakes, pies, all that stuff. So my goal is to bring people together through different backgrounds, which is a tough job to do because you have your crazy people, you have your loud <laughs> people. You have your ignorant people. I mean, mm-hmm. different personalities I have to go through. Some don't work out, which is fine. But you learn as you go when you're running a business. Um, you learn from your mistakes. Um, you learn from trial and error, which is always in the kitchen. I mean, you're working with sharp knives, fire, mm-hmm. uh, heat. I mean, it gets like 85 to 90 degrees in that kitchen. And the way our restaurant is set up is that it's an open window, so you can see us cooking. Um, however, it gets it gets it gets hot. It gets yeah. hot. <laughs> it gets really hot during the summertime. So the kitchen gets up to like ninety degrees, I would say. And the only air that we that we receive is through the fans in our kitchen, and then if the door opens and lets all the wind in, it's like. Oh. <laughs> so we're con- we're constantly drinking water. Uh, yeah. We're constantly moving. You know, uh, the assumption that people get from chefs is that, oh, you guys go home and eat like five course meals a day. Right. You right. guys I don't know why anybody <laughs> thinks that. Oh my god. <laughs> we really don't. Uh, you know, it's people just think that and they think like oh yeah i'm gonna go home make some shrimp scampi pasta and a whole 32 ounce ribeye steak with some smoked gouda mashed potatoes and make me a martini and stuff it's like no we're either at the bar <laughs> drinking wings <laughs> relieving relieving the stress we're either uh in at home sleep Yep. Um, or we going to like somewhere to get like a quick meal and then just knock out. You know, we don't really have the best health when it comes to uh, when it comes to cooking because we're we we don't have time. We're we're yeah. constantly snacking throughout the whole day when we're doing service, and we don't really actually get to sit down and eat. So your typical chef anywhere mm-hmm. would probably eat maybe eat a snack for breakfast mm-hmm. skip your usual breakfast probably skip lunch because brunch mm-hmm. is a lot mm-hmm. um 
maybe have another snack and then they don't we don't get home until late that night and eat dinner by then we're not even hungry because we've been around food the whole time so yeah basically we eat like what one and a half meals per day which yeah. is not good so right yeah two <laughs> two things come to mind one what other industry does somebody do a thing all day and they go home and do their thing still? Right. You know what I mean? Does somebody like, <laughs> if you love it, if you like, if you had a, for us, if you had a photo shoot all day, we're not going home and picking the camera. Right. Like we just shot today, like, unless it's something we plan already, but like, not going home like today. So it's like, you think football players get off the field from practice and like go home and, and like, go on the treadmill. Like maybe they train sometimes, like depending on, especially like the professional athletes, but what are you doing? Second thing I thought, this is a million dollar idea. If somebody who ever wants to take it, private chefs for chefs. Somebody make sure meal prep for you so you can make sure you get chance to chance to eat the things that you want to eat. You come home, here's the meals like that. I'm like, that's no, what... they have to deliver it to the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Delivery so I, family meal. Yeah, I, I did have um a fellow uh, chef of mine who was also featured in the magazine I was in. Uh, she was in LA and I asked her to do some meal prepping for me. <laughs> it was a good trade-off because, you know, I shouted her out, gave her, you know, some biz business and stuff like that. And uh, she fed me because I, I, me personally, I don't, I don't eat that much. I do eat a lot, but especially on my days off, I eat a lot. But mm-hmm. during during the service, I don't get the snack on anything. So take a meal prep to work and then eat, try to eat that as fast as I can and then get back to work. Um, it, it, it can work. A lot of mm-hmm. chefs really don't do that because mm-hmm. I guess we just cook it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> We are the um, ego. That's my healthy, bro. Like, I feel like that's I, not, know. <laughs> I, I just I never really considered that, but now I'm like, oh. well, it's funny that you say that because I struggle with the same thing. It's just really hard to find a stopping point to mm-hmm. actually sit down and eat. And I feel that way about cleaning too. I mm-hmm. feel like chefs shouldn't be cleaning at the end of the night. Yeah. I think they should just be like okay, that was my last ticket, mm-hmm. immediately clock out and there should be like a separate cleaning service that just shuts down the entire kitchen for them. Yeah. I've always felt that way. And like some like boutique hotels do that where they're like, it's gotta be spotless and whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's like, there's this long grueling shift and then you have to deep yeah, clean literally. like your life depends on it. Yeah. I always thought that was insane. Yeah. And I was like, what does the cleaning do? Like, <laughs> it's not going to be better. Yeah. It's like, just have a separate service. They'll probably do a better job at it too because they're not exhausted. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I feel like the restaurant industry draws in the sense of like, we must do it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Same with like medical stuff. It's like, just swap out shifts. Yeah. But it's like, we're open, you come in. And then you prep, and then you're cooking, and then you're still cooking, and it's late, and then you're cleaning. And I'm like, at least one of those things can go to a different <laughs> set of people, yeah. or we just take longer. Yeah. Like, so you not like throw a dish everywhere. You still got to clean the kitchen as you yeah. go anyway. So you're not like leaving the filthy kitchen. You can even operate the kitchen like that. Even so. the speed required. Yeah. Like, I went down this weird rabbit hole 
of what it was like day to day to live Mm. in other countries and (laughs) someone I forget if it was like Spain or Portugal but somebody was like they take the time that they take like do not go to a restaurant if you're in a hurry they're not rushing the food's gonna come out (laughs) whenever it comes out and it just made me think I was like man like in America the expectation is this is coming out fast. I'm getting greeted right away. Like I'm not waiting too long, which is why all the prep has to happen because mm-hmm. you have to speed up the cooking times. It just makes me wonder like what it would be like That's if that awesome. rush factor was just not a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, would there be time to eat? Would there be time to go to the bathroom? Would would you, would you be able to make more complicated dishes because mm-hmm. you didn't have to do it so quickly? Like sometimes I wonder... It's like, where's that pressure coming from? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, with it's 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 a that's a good question because um, we deal with it like every day. <laughs> <laughs> so with different with different countries, they do move at a slower pace because with America, everything is so instant. Everything everybody wants everything instantly. Um, that's why we have microwaves. That's why we have Instapot. That's why we have air fryers. That's why we have all these things that um, require, I want it now and I want it fast. Um, doesn't matter if you go to a fast food place, restaurant, anything that you do, they want it fast. Um, the goal for fast food places is not to get your, is ideally not to get your food in the best quality, because every fast food place, their their requirement is to get your order and to to place your order and to for you to receive your order within a few within a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. So everything is timed as soon as you order to to when you get your food. Mm-hmm. So everything is mostly frozen, um, not good quality. Because uh, I worked in fast food place before. So I, I've seen that perspective of it and everything is under a heat lamp, um, snatch and grab, put it in the bag, napkin, straws, go, get, get out the line, next person, next person, next person. So the, the love is not really there. Um, mm-hmm. Can it work for America? It's going to take a while. Uh, <laughs> right. Because people, cool yeah, because people don't really want to wait. They don't want to wait for that um, that meal that's been sitting in crockpot for hours and marinating. They want to put in a microwave, put some season on it, give it to me. <laughs> I got to go to work. The people come to a restaurant early in the morning and they're in a rush. They're on their break. They only have like, what, five minutes, 10 minutes. And it's like, what's fast? I need everything to go fast. I need... I need this meal, this meal done. And the meal takes about 15 minutes. I'm like, right. Yeah, there's there's other oh, people no, and that's food. Like <laughs> Yeah, I told them it's like, well, you know, you can go to Starbucks to get two minutes or less than five minutes out with here in the restaurant, like expect to wait, you know, especially if it's a packed house like we have every weekend. Uh, you know, we got the inside, we got the patio, then you got the line at the door. So you're gonna have to wait. You know, it's good food because it's a packed house. Yeah. So you know, people get excited about that, and um, you know, certain people just 
wake up with attitudes. It's like, I want it now. I want my omelet made in two seconds. I want, <laughs> I want, you know, they be creating their whole menu. And a lot of stuff, a lot of us chefs get frustrated at times because people come in and make their own menus. Um, they want certain things that are not on the menu. Like we don't serve that. I don't know right. if you looked at the menu. They <laughs> don't. Uh, you're going, you're, you're a vegan and you're going to a barbecue place, which doesn't make How any sense. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's, I mean, there's so much going on in restaurant. My brain is going 200 miles an hour thinking about everything. So I'm thinking about the tickets. I'm thinking about what my chefs are cooking how long is going to take for them to cook together to get a meal done so I can plate it. I'm thinking about uh, the front of the house. Is the flow of the front of the house going properly? Uh, is the um, menu up to date? All these things is going on through executive chef, head chef's mind, their entire time, their plating and their cooking. So I don't have any time to do anything but to do you know, my position. Neither the cook cooks are dealing with pots and pans, you know, they might drop something on their leg, burn themselves. Uh, we call them uh, battle wounds. I got yeah. stuff on my arms, grease. I had grease on my head. I done popped grits on my face 10 million times. I done yeah. cut myself, mm -hmm. went to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a blessing and then also it's like I'm a warrior. I can Give, yeah. me all the, give me all the, you got chefs with tattoos and all this stuff, like they're warriors. So we look at ourselves yeah. as like warriors in the kitchen. For sure. It 100% is. And I just want to be, I just want it to be known for all <laughs> those that sacrifice and make food for a living. Because it is a sacrifice. Yeah. Right? Just say no. I just want to empower <laughs> all the chefs out there to yeah. say no. Oh, but can I do this on the side? No. Can I have? No. But what if, can I just take this off and add this other thing? No. There are so many other concepts that basically allow you to customize your entire meal. Go there. Go to Chipotle. Go to Upbeat. Go to like what build your own whatever go to the smoothie bowl place like you go to this restaurant because they've curated something for you they've like made decisions for you decisions that you said you didn't want to make that's like <laughs> right you know what i mean i think people stuff their inner stuff their childhood mm -hmm. stuff their trauma little traumas and big traumas come up when they walk into this setting of like I'm going to serve you and mm -hmm. there's power dynamics everywhere. And there's so many moving pieces. People's fear of rejection comes up. People's abandonment stuff comes up mm -hmm. and just something as simple as like, you can't have this right now. Yeah. It's just like, this is, this is a place of joy. This is a place of connection, but there's stuff is coming up. And I think that's what it is. Cause even back when I was in college and I was hosting and they would get so devastated. You would have thought that their house was consumed <laughs> in fire. The way they would respond 
to not even a no, but a not right now, mm. or a let me check or let me ask. My favorite is like, they did it last time. I'm like, cool. That was yesterday. This is today. <laughs> that was that person that's cool with the chef. You're somebody else. Right. So I don't know what, You're like, shocked. I still have to follow the process. What do you mean you can't do that for me? What do you mean? <laughs> What's going I on? Said what I said. You know my, what I mean? It's my <laughs> life is in shambles now. I can't get lettuce on what? <laughs> I'm going on Yelp. I'm going I'm on Yelp. I'm giving you a Yelp. one star. Is the Yelp. <laughs> I have not talked to one person in the food industry who cares about Yelp. I maybe I, I haven't no. found them yet. I don't know where they're at. I haven't found them yet. No, Yelp is not here to help small businesses. It is a platform for trolls. And honestly, I don't even believe in the review process. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in going out and, and I don't believe in making your decisions mm -hmm. off of the decisions of others. Mm -hmm. It's like, you tell me what you do. You tell me what you serve. Maybe there's some pictures somewhere on a website. Maybe there's, especially now there's social media. Let me decide if I want to take the risk of going and the risk of like, am I going to like it? Am I going to enjoy it? Let me decide. I really don't like the idea that, is it good? Do yeah. I, is it popular? Who gives a fuck if it's popular? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These basic motherfuckers, they don't know anything. <laughs> Are you better than that? It's yeah. just like, I don't... What do you I like? Don't, <laughs> I don't go up with probably that. Don't know. If you're asking that question, you probably don't you know probably what you like. probably don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're such on making decisions. And I think that's what the good diners, when they come in and they're like, Maybe take a little, take a little while ordering, ordering, order all at once, and it's like I'm good for the night. Yeah. Maybe I'll do dessert later, but I already know what I want. Ask like, questions. Yeah. You know, put your be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Ask questions, and genuinely be upfront, and just be like, "Listen, I'm out of my depth, or I've never had barbecue like this, or mm -hmm. I, I don't know what all the cuts are." Just say that. Mm -hmm. Don't be in here and give me an attitude. And it's yeah. like, I like. It just, it gets under my skin because I think so many people are like, I don't know. I didn't like it. I don't know. And I'm like, most of the time, like I would say so much more than people think the reason they had a bad time at a restaurant, it was completely their own fault. <laughs> completely completely their own fault. Because I have gone into places where it was slammed. They had a line. It was like all the things that could add up to make it a frustrating experience. And because I was ready to receive and I had the intention of like enjoying myself, I had a phenomenal experience, mm -hmm. even though people around me were huffing and puffing and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, it's your fault that you're not enjoying yourself. It's your fault because you're not giving the information and you're not being patient to receive what you need in order for this to be great. Like it is a two-way symbiotic mm -hmm. thing, I think. Mm -hmm. And the, you know the when people make reviews on Yelp, mm -hmm. they're commenting on, I guess, their experience instead of commenting on what we started, how we started off our day. Because mm -hmm. yes. uh, many restaurants, stuff happens. Stuff happens. Our shipment may have not come in on time. Um, someone may have been late. Uh, someone have may quit their job, their position. Mm -hmm. So many things could have happened in that morning to now we're all backed up. And what people don't understand is like, there's so many things that have to go right 
in a restaurant in order for us to get the product out to you perfectly. And they're making all the, uh, I've, we've had many reviews that they made so many complaints how, oh, the, the kids were too loud in the restaurant. Um, people brought in uh, their, their dog and uh, the dog upset me outside because it was staring at me. Um, I ordered. I know you're not joking. That's the thing. I know you're dead serious. I know you're quoting. These, these are real <laughs> things. Like we, I, I ordered my steak well done uh, with pink inside and there was pink inside. It's a well done steak, ma'am. It's not supposed to have pink. If I get requests like that, because I just had requests similar because someone told me, it's like, I want my steak medium, medium well plus. And a, I'm like, what's the, what's, what's so it's 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 a to them it doesn't exist in our world to them in their mindset medium well plus is a medium well steak they want it they want it between medium well and well done which doesn't exist you have rare you have blue rare you have rare medium rare medium medium well well done those are the specific temperatures of the state of a, of that a protein. That is a beautiful spectrum. I, I feel like There's I was- so much range in that. You know, when you hear some stuff that your logical brain kind of clicks and gets stuck and you're like, do I know what I'm talking about? <laughs> is it a medium well to well? Is this what I'm missing? But it's like the level of precision you would have to have for that. That's not even, what are we doing? It just blows my mind. And maybe because I have a restaurant background, mm -hmm. I can low-key get a little bit excited when something goes off mm -hmm. because I know they have to correct it. I know they have to correct it. And the, the scenario that you're in in the correction phase mm -hmm. is always so much better than if everything had went right. And if you know that, you know that. So I, it's like a win-win. Either everything's going to get right or they're going to go out of their way to make it right. We just had that mm -hmm. experience recently. Actually, yeah, and we got a steak out. We were spending like a, some cherry steak and some fries. Here, I also told them my stuff too because it was called I mean, you said chimichurri steak, and I was like, I have a steak free. I was like, hold on, sorry, the chimichurri steak because <laughs> it was steak and fries. I'm like, it's steak free. What are you doing? So it came out and it was well done. Well done. That's fun. And I was like, and the fries were good. Everything else was good. And we were like, this is like, can we? And the poor, poor kid, like he just. He's just doing his best. He was he like, didn't know. He was like, is it not hot? Or is it is it not hot? We need temperature. Yeah, I asked him, I was like, is there supposed to be a temperature on the steak? Because it's mm -hmm. a, it's like a salad place. Yeah. And okay. so it was like, you know, maybe they just maybe this is like a roast beef adjacent situation. And mm -hmm. I just didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. And so before I was like, this is wrong. I was like, I don't know what you define as mm -hmm. right. So I was like. Is there supposed to be a temperature on this day? Because if there isn't, then I'm not going to send it back mm -hmm. because you did it the way that you intended. And then I guess now. I have to just deal with this. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, is it not hot enough? And I was like, and then I said, well, do you think that this steak is overcooked? 
And he was like, it does look overcooked. And I was like, okay, great. Thank you. Like, and then he like took it back. The manager came over in a panic and was like, oh, it's definitely overcooked. Let's remake it. And he, he rushed back there and I was like, thank you. And yeah. then they rushed it back and it was a perfect medium rare. And I was like, great. So keeping it in. It's like, again, it's like any other relationship in life. It's like, if you keep it in, then of course you're gonna be mad with the result because you didn't yeah. do anything. You know what I mean? You're gonna take your shame for not speaking up for yourself and embarrassment and it's gonna mutate into anger at the world. And that's like- And it's like, <laughs> I wasn't upset though. I'm like, it's kind of like race. It's like- I just wanted the steak cooked right. Yeah. But I wasn't upset. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna fry. Take the whole thing if you want. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, you know, I, I wanna make this clear you know whoever sees this like if there's something wrong with your meal make it known please make it known so we can fix the error um we don't mind redoing your meal so we can perfect it because that's a that's a thing for us it's like if we sent something wrong out give us the opportunity to correct it so we can perfect your plate and we can perfect our craft so we can be better as chefs and cooks I don't want you guys to feel that, you know, I've seen through movies like they, you take a plate back. There's always that fear when you they take your plate back and then you just get this image of them just spinning in your food or just <laughs> rubbing it, just rubbing it on in their armpits and just like, <laughs> and then they give it to you and say, hello, bite to it. Oh, it's good though. This is paprika we got on in my armpit. Yes, it's filled with spices. Filled <laughs> <laughs> with spices and coriander and all that. Yes, but no, we, yeah, we we no, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. But in certain scenarios, if you complain about your meal, yet you ate all of it, mm. I cannot help you. What's your What's your point about? We can't. We can't do nothing. You ate. There's nothing on your plate. And, I can't even confirm what you. Right, because they they we we've gotten many people who came in. They say they wanted a certain item. I'm like, okay, give it to them. And then uh, one of the servers or waiters or waitresses is like, oh, how was your meal? How did how did you know how to it taste? It's like, I didn't like it. It, it, it this was gross, and I, I want a refund. And we look at their plates and like, gone. You ate all of it, though. It's like, yeah, but I don't like it. You take it off my bill. That's theft. <laughs> so you want free food? That's theft, man. We get we get that a lot. We get that a lot, especially our own people. We get that a lot. It's like, come on, hook a hook a brother up with some extra side of grits, put some cheese on it. You gonna pay for that cheese, brother? Yeah, <laughs> we got pay bills too, brother. Yeah, business. <laughs> it's just like. I'm, that's one thing I'm so glad with us because we, mm -hmm. we work with a ton of black folks, mm -hmm. but I think we've never, we've never given off the vibe of like, we're the cheap one. Like, I don't think we've ever given off that vibe because there's certain things we have in place to be like, these are the qualifiers. And now we can see it from a mile away. Like in the beginning, we were like, is this person going to take us seriously? Because yeah. there is almost this expectation. And we kind of know as soon as somebody starts gassing us up as yeah. a Black-owned business, particularly within the community, and yeah. they're like, I just love that you're a Black couple. I just love that you guys are Black. 
oh my god it's so and then then it's ooh, what was the price you know what could you come down to a tenth of that and not change any of the deliverables it's like you wouldn't even respect me if i did that you wouldn't even trust me if i did that and i actually can't do that like even if i wanted to i can't do that because i have these expenses and the math is to math and it's like it's not even a personal decision it's literally a math equation that we have to meet every time we take on these projects and i'm really glad we're out of that phase because it's very easy to qualify folks Mm -hmm. now before we even get on a call but it is something that i think a lot of people it's a card that people play and i'm like if you want to support me as a black owned business just respect the work that i do and pay the rate Mm -hmm. and let's have a great relationship and I'll deliver an amazing service and you'll receive an amazing service. And that is the ultimate mm-hmm. best case scenario <laughs> out of supporting a black owned business. So simple. Actual support. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, what people today don't understand is that food costs have gone up exponentially tremendously and because of the rise of food it's not only grocery stores it's restaurants too because we're buying the products so if the product has raised in price what do you think we have to do raise our prices and when people look at our menu or any menu it's like oh that's that's a bit pricey there oh even mcdonald's raised their prices I mean, a burger is going what eight dollars now. It used to be like right. a dollar fifty, two dollars. You know, even you can't you, you get a meal on McDonald's just like thirty dollars now, maybe even forty, depending on what you get. And it used to be like ten dollars or less. Those are Zaxby's prices. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you when you go into a business, when you go into a, a restaurant, especially a black owned restaurant, don't expect for because of your skin color you're going to get like the cheapest deal or try to work your way into getting the you know the, the best deal it's like no if you're if you're here support us you know right. we're we'll try to accommodate you the best that we can but if you start making up all these oh can you put a piece of salmon on my uh avocado toast even though we don't serve salmon at all uh we've gotten requests of People bringing in their own food and saying, "Can you heat this up in the back?" Uh, no, no, I can't heat. I can't heat up your uh, your marinated Brussels sprouts that you had in the fridge for seven days uh, in the back. No, we we can't. We can't do that. We can't do that. <laughs> you know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> we, 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 we can't do that. No, 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 no. You know, I actually resent just that anybody would expect, whether it's a black owned restaurant or an international restaurant, that they would be cheaper. Mm-hmm. And there was, and Tavari knows the story. I've told this story so many times. <laughs> there was a particular moment back when I was in my nine to five in the tech industry newly so and i overheard some girls that they it was like a huge corporate company Mm. so they had like a whole legal team and it was some girls on the legal team so i was like i already know y'all making six figures 
I already know. And they went to a Thai restaurant and they were complaining about the price. They're like, it was really good, but it's like a sit down place, kind of upscale, but it was so expensive. And I'm overhearing this conversation and I'm not going to lie. I jumped in the conversation. Nobody asked me. I jumped in and I, I was like, have you ever like made Thai food? Mm-hmm. Like just, just at home. Like if you were like made Thai food before, like I right. So started with that, started with that. And then I was like, do you understand the cost of food? Do you understand the labor <laughs> of like coming in and serving people? Do you understand what minimum wages in the state of Georgia? Do you understand that servers get paid less than minimum wage because they earn tips? Do you understand that restaurants operate in less than a 5% profit margin on a, on their best day? Do you get that? <laughs> I was like, if you went to a French restaurant, one of these bougie modern American restaurants that charge $30 for bland steak, and you wouldn't blink, but you're mad because you paid $20 for a meal that you could never make ever in your life. Do you hear what's happening? <laughs> and they're just both like choking on their own saliva, and they're, and they're right? Right. Because and they're like, sounds like you like you're like, a, <laughs> like an expert in food. And I was like, I am. I am, I am. an expert in food. <laughs> I've done this. I live this life. And what you are expecting is frankly a little racist, mm. a little prejudiced, mm. is unfair, and it's not like you don't have it. And if you can't afford it, go somewhere else, but don't sit and ask this very immigrant family to lower their prices for your comfort because you don't think that they're valuable enough to charge you for their culture that they've blessed you with. You're welcome, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm over here and it was like my first week working there. I have no idea where they are on that ladder. I'm just like lecturing the fuck out of these girls with a legal teeth. <laughs> and I was just like, I need to chill out. <laughs> what, what if I run into them again? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see them, I was like, being 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 defensive not but protective i should say uh for restaurant workers is at an all-time high right now because you know it's we're dealing with so much at a fast super fast pace and you come in with like ah this is wrong i want this way it's like we're already on 10 from the beginning we're already right. going on an adrenaline. You know, we we cooks everywhere are, are drinking Red Bulls and high energy drinks uh, early in the morning, trying to get ready for for the day. And um, as far as prices, America can do better mm-hmm. for the products because what what ends up what's happening or what has been happening for so many years. Um, People outside the country, they grow their crops. They they grow their crops in the specific areas. So let's say, for example, like where are you guys from? We're from Atlanta originally. Yeah, yeah South of yeah. Atlanta, okay. So let's say you guys are growing crops in Atlanta and you would you would grow those specific crops for your restaurant and not get crops from like 
Toronto or uh, you know Michigan, somewhere somewhere else, because it's easier to receive those products, mm-hmm. and you know how those products are grown because you're connected to that farmer. With America, since everybody wants everything fast, everything is done at a fast pace. Mm-hmm. So you think from from the start, from your crops, from your animals that we consume, they are force feeding chickens. I don't know if you guys seen videos of them force feeding animals. Have you guys seen that before? No, it was, we had a rabbit rap, hole. Was it Frog Long? Yeah, I went around a hole recently about the hippo that the ducks. And so. Yeah. It's like illegal to have Frog Long in California because they're like force feeding the ducks. And I was like, oh no. Yeah. So it's it's a process, you know, they have, you know, this new example as chickens. So they get the chickens, they raise them. Um, they fatten them up to get them out quicker. So what they do, they have a long pipe and they feed them. It can be carcasses from different animals. It can be grains. It can be fats. They stick a tube down their throats and then they just pipe it down their throats to fatten them up quicker. Mm-hmm. And then they send the chickens off to you know go run around and stuff like that. They're not naturally doing it. They should be, these animals should be eating fruits, berries, mm-hmm. Um, nuts. They should be vegan, technically. Yeah. They should be vegetarian. Every, every animal should be vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So you're getting those nutrients from the proteins from the animals and then all the other nutrients from the plants and the grains and the fruits that they're consuming. Mm-hmm. But because America is so fast with it, they want everything to be done fast. They're just pumping everything into these animals. And that's why everyone is pretty much upset on how they are getting raised, which raises the prices again. So can we do better? Of course we can. It's right. just they everyone wants everything fast. So when you're when you're going to fast food places, everyone everyone believes that we have enough cows in America to feed everybody in America. Mm-hmm. We don't. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You really think we have enough cows in America to have all these burgers for mm-hmm. billions of us people? Mm-hmm. No. So it's like, where is it coming from? <laughs> well, they, they, here's the thing, other, a lot of fast food places are never going to admit this, but what they tell you, what they advertise is like, oh yeah, it's, it has beef in it, but they never tell they never tell you the percentage of how much beef is in it. Mm. So it can, you can be eating something that's 1% beef and 99% of something that's completely I always knew it was something about those burgers. <laughs> I never fucked with fast food burgers. I was always yeah. a chicken nuggets girl. Not that that's any better. Yeah. But, and even that, I'm like, it's, I remember how chicken nuggets used to taste when I was a kid and how they taste now. Not nostalgia. And I just can't, <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. I was like, something's off about this. And I think they got more and more and more processed Mm -hmm. you know and i'm not like a health nut like i love meat i love desserts i love food and i'm not a dieter i just want to food that tastes good and Mm -hmm. makes me feel good and i think that people especially small business especially family-owned businesses especially immigrant family-owned business like when you each layer that you get down i'm just like as long as I walk out of here without food poisoning, I'm good. <laughs> like, I just, like, if it's 
if it's great that's a bonus because i'm like what that work is so working with your family on top of that it's just like i don't know i just have so much i guess it's easy when we both have that background Mm -hmm. so of course we have so much grace yeah of course we have so (laughs) much grace for yeah i still got friends in the kitchen small businesses Mm. my dad on his own business his whole life still does so it's like it's and also i didn't even expect to be an entrepreneur yeah i was like i try, give it i try a little bit and then i was like i don't know bro <laughs> <laughs> and then now it's like here we are over two years in and we're talking about this like a lot like we don't know you never really know what leads look like until you're like doing you kind of don't know what the success looks like for you are you doing the thing until you're like doing it? So if my imagination is the like, if I can only imagine so much, yeah. then if I just let that be the, the cap, then I'll never even go past that because my imagination is limited. And so what if I get into it and I find that it's all the other stuff, which it has been. I think my criticism of American food for one is the poor quality because of the mass production, like you said, mm-hmm. but also just sometimes the lack of creativity that's mm-hmm. accessible to the masses. Like you can find that in mom and pops. You can find that when you're really tapped into the community. But if you're not tapped in, which I would say most people are not, most people mm-hmm. just go on Google, they go on travel trip advisor, they go on Yelp and they just figure something out for that segment of there's the creativity is not available for them and i think that that's my criticism of like Mm -hmm. american food you basically have to go outside of the american like experience to get great food and we all know that (laughs) you know and so it's I think that's my criticism. It's like I, I wish that we allowed the creativity. I wish that we allowed and there are a lot of black chefs that are like breaking this mold, but it's like we need to allow that mold to be broken too, saying like this is how it could be done. We don't have to do things this particular way. And to just build that public trust mm-hmm. so that we can enjoy ourselves that's what it all comes back down to is like enjoying ourselves and what enjoy the fact that the food is bringing us together but then when it becomes about this we just need it now and we need it our way it's like you're getting in your own way and blocking the very thing that you came here for which is that connection piece Mm -hmm. american food is is supposed to be the bridge between you not knowing what a cuisine is and to getting to know what that cuisine is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in Thai cuisine, uh, you go to a nice mom and pop restaurant and you you walk in and you get to feel that that presence of that like you're in Thailand or you go to a Italian restaurant, you get that presence that you're in Italy. You know, they they want to bring their lifestyle they want to bring their their family cuisine their recipes to america so you can experience that without having to you know travel all the way to that um specific country or place um but with how everything is 
has been going. Um, more and more chefs are getting more aware and they don't want to live the same lifestyle as back then as chefs. Um, maybe you've seen videos of how chefs were treated back in the day. Hmm. Um, a lot of people think of Gordon Ramsay and how mean he is. Hmm. <laughs> um, there are chefs that are getting knives thrown at them, plates thrown at them. The knives. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, there. I've heard of plates and knives. I've heard of knives before. Yeah. If you get if you get us if you get something wrong on a dish, they just throw plates at you. They would cuss you out tremendously. Um, they, you you get treated like dirt in the most grueling way possible. Because in the kitchen, things are said in the kitchen that if people knew about it, there would be just complaints and 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 all this other stuff going on. So. We know that it would happen, so we just keep quiet. But it's it's leaking out more and more, so we won't have to deal with that type of um, treatment anymore, which is changing. We don't throw things at people anymore. Um, the old school way, we pick and choose which things that we can use to utilize to go into, into next generation. But as far as treatment, um, we don't do that. I, I know I don't do that at all. I've got yeah. cussed out by French chefs before. This six foot seven dude cussed me out <laughs> <laughs> because I made like a little smear on the back. I was placing a gourmet sandwich in there. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you? You man, you smeared the whole thing out. Now you got to redo it. What the? He was just bleeping. It was like Hell's Kitchen. Goes Gore Ramsey at me. Yeah. I was looking at him like, this was an episode four on season. You don't get out my face, chef. <laughs> I am not the one. <laughs> but you know, I don't. I listen to my cooks. Like, if you, we know that if you you come in, there might be like a death in the family. You might have lost your dog. You might have broken up with your wife or your husband anything you know I don't it's like I don't care about how you feel I don't care if your goldfish died it was supposed to die this day get on the line I was like oh my gosh <laughs> that leave it at the door shit people love that phrase leave it at the door for me to leave it at the door that means I will also be on the other side of that door. Everywhere I go, there I am. Mm. Literally, that is not a thing. Mm. All these leave at the door people, that's why y'all on drugs. It's not a thing. It is not a thing. I just want that to be dead. Mm. Leave it at the door. I am the door. So you're saying leave it at the door, leave it at the door? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's no leaving at the door. The only thing to be left at the door is meat. If I'm leaving at the door, that's the last day I'm here. Like that's, that's that's what that is. It's like there's no, you know what I mean. We can only focus on one thing at a time, and I get that. But like we are, our whole experience that we can remember, whether consciously or consciously, comes with us everywhere we go and comes through in everything that we do. And I feel like now that I I'm, I'm aware of that. It's just like, it feels like you can read people. 
when someone is behaving or acting in a certain way, especially at a time when they should be having fun or they mm-hmm. should be enjoying something or, and there's that misalignment, it's like, oh, okay. Like there's something underneath what I'm seeing here that's coming up for you, that's manifesting for you right now that has nothing to do with the scenario that we're in mm-hmm. because all you have to do is wait for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it, gets, it gets wild because you, you, you're going into an environment where it's fast paced and it's tense already. Yeah. So your, your emotions right here ready to come out and then you're dealing yeah. with all this other stuff in the kitchen that's going on. And you can mess up on like on some scrambled eggs and you just flip the F out. You just like, oh, I'm so sick of this. Oh, who even eats eggs this late? And this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is all these fat freaking people. I'm sorry. You, everything will just blurt out. Everything is blurred out. So there's certain yeah. things, the leave it at the door uh, phrase is, it's, it's for us to say, okay, before I go into work, let me process everything that's going on with me in my life. And let me just put it on pause. Let me put it aside for right here. It's not to ignore your feelings. It's not to ignore what's going on in your life. Just let me just put this on pause. Let me go into this environment where I have passion for. Let me go in this environment where I can laugh I can have a great time. I can make some money for myself. And let me just put everything on pause so I can enjoy this for a moment. And what us chefs and cooks at times do, we bring that, that load with us and then we, we put it on our backs into the environment that makes us happy. And it messes up the entire day of what we're going on. It's not to say you don't get to have any feelings as a person. You don't get to have any say-so in the kitchen, which has been misinterpreted for many, many years. What we want you guys to do is that I want you to, whatever is troubling you, put it on pause for this moment because I want you to feel happy what you're doing now. I want you to feel good. I want you to, are you hungry? Let me make yourself something to eat real quick or make yourself something to eat real quick that makes you happy. Food makes everyone happy. Um, So I don't know what person thinks food doesn't make them happy. Food makes everyone happy. So you get to cook something for someone, especially for an open kitchen where you can see us. And if you see that person smiling at you because you made their day, because this is, they would say, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. It's reminding me of my grandma back in the day. It's reminding me of, a special moment in their lives it makes mm. you feel so good it makes you feel so good and it brightens up your day and you even forgot the troubles that you're going through so it, it makes your life easier uh to go through the process of it the healing process of it whatever you're going through and i want all chefs to do that we live a tense life we go through physical pain each and every day, our necks, our backs, our feet. We're standing eight to 12 to 16, 18 hours, 24 hours a day on our feet. We barely have any rest. When we go home, we're not hungry anymore. We just go straight to sleep. 
Um, there's many chefs that have addictions, drugs, um, alcoholism. Um, they're out just having sex with everybody and anybody, just trying to relieve all the stress from work. And it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that anymore. So the objective is to, when you walk into this, to this kitchen, especially my kitchen, I don't want you to feel that this is the most stressful thing you've had to do all day. I want you to come in and make yourself feel good and also make other people feel good as well on what you're making because the best gift you can give to somebody is something that you do with your hands. Mm. And as soon as you see that smile on their face and remind them of back home, that's how every restaurant can make people feel, especially if you're a different culture. Yeah. Or a culture that you grew up eating because you eat like a peach cobbler. It's like, oh, this reminds me of grandma. We used to make it. This remind me of my mom and my dad making barbecue in the backyard. This remind me of it. And you want to come back to that place because it reminds you of what how you grew up. So there's there's the culture of chefs is changing right now into a better place. But the culture of food, that's when it's just it's it's like this now. There's work to do. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of work to do. It's time. Is it? It's time. It's time. For bops, bops, bangers, bangers, or bus. Bus. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's gonna post, as y'all know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, everybody's favorite game. Well, definitely my favorite game. Um, I'm gonna ask you a series of three different, different things each. Everybody's and, favorite game. Yeah, especially <laughs> voted by America and on Yelp. And on <laughs> Yelp. <laughs> And yeah, we're gonna ask you three different things each, and then you rate them a banger if it's amazing, can't live without it. Bust if it's, I really hope it didn't exist. And Bob is like, eh, I love that for them, but it's not for me. So yeah. I'm gonna go first. I'm a good first. one. You got a good one? Okay. I'm a good one. Vinegar. <laughs> Straight vinegar? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, it's definitely needed. So that's a, that's a, that's a banger. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting tell you. That was a good one. That was I thought it was gonna be like scenarios or something like that. It was like, okay. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? It's a bank stuff and stuff. Yeah. My relationship with vinegar has come a long way. Yeah. I used to really just not like it at mm -hmm. all. And then I discovered rice wine vinegar. Mm -hmm. And that was the bridge. That is a definitely and now I'm much more open to vinegar. Yeah. Do you consume vinaigrettes and salads or? Even in vinaigrettes, I couldn't do it. It yeah. was just so, it felt so acidic and so overpowering. And it just had this sharpness to it. And so a lot mm. of times when like barbecue sauces were vinegar based or like mm. vinaigrettes were vinegar based, I was just like, I couldn't do it. And I don't use like dressings and stuff like that. Like mm. I dress my salads with like lemon juice and olive oil and that's literally it. I'm like, mm. if I can't enjoy the salad without dressing, like it's not a very good salad. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's just been so. 
he says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I have to, like I'm not a like ranch person. I'm not a like those like kind of like bound and island. Like I'm not like a salad dressing person, but I'm like I do want the salad dressed, mm-hmm. but not with like dressing in that tra- just the traditional sense. And of course, mm-hmm. there's like exceptions to that, but I feel like some people you're dressing and they just take it as I don't want to actually taste this vegetable and I'm like mm. I'm in it because yeah so that's been but vinegar has come a long way for me I'm like okay <laughs> okay boss fingers or breasts air fryers Ooh. Here's the thing for air fries. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> it is, it's an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an amazing creation. Um, mm. I, I don't really, you know, I'm not like shocked over it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm kind of like old school, just deep fry my thing, you know. Um, but air fryers are a good way, a good introduction to doing something different with the mm-hmm. foods that we have. Yeah. Um, um, it's a, I guess if I have to choose, what is it, bang, banger, what is it again? Um, yeah. Pop. yeah, banger is amazing. A bus is trash. Um, Pop is eh, in the middle. I would have to say bop it. Yeah. I'd say but I'm st- I'm stuck in the middle. You know, yeah, I've I personally don't use an air fryer, um, but there's there's ways we can evolve it into something greater. I should say that it's not yeah. terrible an idea. It's not terrible. Can you fry something without oil? Is it frying? Because I feel like air fryers are rebranded toaster yeah. ovens. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me because I <laughs> I thought it was like gonna go into this thing yeah. and then the technology was gonna come in and it was gonna like mimic frying like without oil and then when I saw one for the first time I was like this is basically the oven and they reinvented the wheel and so I was yeah. like why not just put it in the oven like I'm just I it's not adding up for me. Yeah I mean marketing is Marketing is powerful. Yeah. Um, I would suggest you put it in the oven. <laughs> that, that, that's, that was the on the fence like moment. It's like, oh, just put it in the oven. It's not really, uh, you know. Because, I mean, we get, we, get, we get people who are vegan and vegetarian. They would rebrand something as something else. Yeah. So let's say you're eating, they say it's a steak when it's like really like a mushroom yeah so why are you calling it a steak when it's really a mushroom just call it what it is call it what I it like is and I like, exactly i like veggies, I like veggies. but they want the experience yeah. of it and i'm like that's the part i can't relate to because i'm like mm-hmm. i like vegan stuff i do mm-hmm. but i like it for what it is sure. i don't like I'm not trying to be vegan with one foot out the door yeah, to, right. to meat. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There's something about that psychological piece that I'm just like, mm, just give me the steak then. Yeah, because the joy of eating something like vegetarian, you get to experience that. Right. You're going away, you're going away from meat for a reason. So why are you still attached to it? Through this psychological is like, oh, I'm eating meat, but I'm really eating like an, a sauteed <laughs> eggplant, a zucchini. Oh, it's this this steak tastes amazing. No, you're eating a mushroom, you're eating zucchini. Create something different. Don't stick leave steak where it's at. Create right. something different so you can Thank enjoy you know. that. Yeah, I'm radical in my thinking. I think that the ingredients should be the start of the dish. I, I don't know. Just, well, I know I'm kind of edge here. But... <laughs> Is it my turn? Yeah, okay. Bob's bangers or bust. Insoles. Insoles? Insoles. For your shoes. They are definitely needed. That that is a banger. Yeah. That's that's very important. We um, chefs are standing on our feet the entire time. And at times our back our our backs are I kind of contort it because we're bending down most of the time looking at the dish cooking. Yeah. You know, we lay on stuff where our backs are just twisted and doing all this other stuff. Um, insoles are very important. The way we sleep isn't very important because we might sleep weird at night and then we go to work and we we don't have any resting places for our backs and our mm-hmm. bodies. So, you know, when you when you meet chefs, if you have a friend that that is a chef or you have family members that are chefs, give them something to relieve their body. Give them, book them a massage, uh, give them a neck pillow, give them something to ease their physical pain on their bodies. They would love you for that. <laughs> like if they you have a chef you. friend, just no birthday, a holiday needed, yeah, just yeah, give yeah. them a $200 thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They need it. Yeah, don't don't be afraid to cook for your chef friends. People get afraid. It's like, oh, I cooked this for you. Um, my husband cooked all this, so you can blame him if it's wrong. And it's like, no, like we we enjoy eating other people's foods, you know. Even though people are even though people are making their collard greens and washing them in their bathtubs, like I've seen on Instagram and making uh, their drinks in their toilets and i'm like that's not that's, that's, that's not real they're, they're, they're trolling they're playing call of duty with just a knife they're just trolling i'm like you're not being real i can't anyway so speaking of cooking <laughs> stuff differently bob the fingers of bust modifications <laughs> that's the easiest low ball tomorrow it's low hanging fruit look at how tricky he is <laughs> Okay, so that's a bus. That's an answering. Modifications. We don't mind taking something off. Let's say, for example, you order a burger. We don't mind taking something off. We don't mind you adding something like bacon or another type of cheese. Don't mind that. Easy fix. But if you if you order a burger and you select something that we don't have on the menu, you order a sauce that we don't have, um, you 
I don't want the bun. Can you put uh lettuce put the, wrap? Put the put the lettuce wrap and then wrap that in the bacon and then cook the bacon halfway through, put it in the oven, take it out, saute <laughs> it in a grill, deep fry it, put it back together, and then there you go. No, no, no. We the we've had plates, we have we've had salads that take everything off. And then just leave the lettuce. You know what? I don't understand what you really want. You came here for lettuce. I was like, do you want like another meal? Do you prefer this one? The amount of it, don't get too crazy on modifications. Yeah. Because one, one, you're 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 gonna make the server's life hell. Um, hell. Mm-hmm. Because they have to type in all these things, and that's more Man. time. That's more time they have to take of you doing. Because if you're sitting, if you're sitting in a setting with like five people of your friends, let's say you guys order something simple, like maybe like fish or maybe like scallops or something seafood. If you're, if one of your people, one of your parties orders like a steak well done with all these modifications on it, our job is to get all the plates. Um, to you at the same time, mm-hmm. so your table is gonna wait longer because of that one person. <laughs> that your that person is ordering all this stuff, and you ordered simple. Boom, brought off the menu. Yeah. So now you guys might get your plates, but that person is gonna get their plate twice as long because they want their steak super extra well done with all these modifications on it. So what I would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> look at the menu on what the ingredients are on the plate if ask the server if you can get something simple like a simple modification if it's too much and they give you this look don't do it exactly. don't do it don't do it get, get something else get something else because we've had people that order shrimp we have this dish called shrimp uh spicy shrimp and grits peppers onions hot links um all this good stuff in it but they're allergic to shrimp they are allergic to shrimp and they Friend, order a shrimp dish what are we doing let's love ourselves what are we doing <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't understand what do you want we get that all the time people are allergic to certain things and they order they that exact it. thing they order the exact thing i was like you can't I, have it uh, so modifications, I'm gonna put it as a bust, but with like an <laughs> asterisk on it. Okay. So if you order something, keep it simple on modifications. If you're doing all this, creating your own mm-hmm. menu, we do not like that at all because now we have to take more time out of our service to accommodate you because you want to do something completely different. It takes longer for your group to get your food, and it it's more complicated. Especially if you don't like the dish now, because right, now and then it's a whole thing. We're playing Subway. We're playing Jersey Mike's and Subway, have it yeah. your way type of thing. And it's like this is the dish that came from us that we created for you to enjoy. So if you switch it to your own thing, it's it's not us. It's not our right. dish. It's, it's not yours. us if you don't like. It's you. So yeah. don't get mad if you you you, you get this steak you want a super well done that steak shrink as longer that you cook it 
So yeah. you get like a 34 or 32 pound steak that's this big. You want it super well done? It's gonna be this big. By the time <laughs> <you get. laughs> This That's is what stuff you people need to know. People need, need to, know. to know. This is another education for how to dine out right. in a way that makes sense. You have to either be in a certain industry, which everybody will do when there's many time they need it. And they really, we felt it during the pandemic and then people still like shame or look down on it. I think that's the title of the episode. It's like, what you need to know <laughs> to not that. be a bitch. <laughs> rest, restaurant etiquette. Part one. Restaurant etiquette. Part part one and part of a series. With mm. Chef John Dre Jones. <laughs> like <laughs> literally, y'all need to know. And mm. the thing is, like, it throws out the pacing of the entire dining room. It's yeah. not even just your table. It's like if you're ever waiting too long for your food, it's probably somebody in your near vicinity. Just start mm. scanning the room and see if some look off. Yeah, it's probably that person. Like probably, <laughs> probably them. It's don't look at me. It's them, right? Like it's it's the people around you. It's like it's not just. And then they hit you with, "I know, I know, I'm being difficult." Then stop. I know, I'm just don't do that. I'm sorry. And, I'm sorry. And they and they travel together because difficult people hang out with other difficult people. Simple people hang out with other easy people, right? So usually it's not just that one. It's usually like the entire table or an entire family they do that because personally as a person who's easygoing I can say that I would never if I knew that that person was like a modifier or can I do that I wouldn't even be seen with I'd be so embarrassed and I'm like oh who's going oh I'm not going if she's gonna be there I'm not going I literally I'm like you're not gonna embarrass me we had that experience one time we'll keep it offline <laughs> not even not in front of this person that I don't know, in front of these right. people that I don't know, you're not. I I will not be associated. <laughs> this is your friend. You brought them with you. Mm. Mm. Right? Now they're judging you because you're the same person as them. And, yeah, and now it's it's a, the annoying table. Now I'm associated with that. Now I have to tip extra because you don't tip enough. But now yeah. it's more expensive. It's just like the costs are too high. Yeah. Tipping is tipping is a whole nother thing, but we didn't get to the bill yet. That's, that's for uh, that's for part three. <laughs> okay, so box bangers or bust room temperature water. So technically, we should be drinking room temperature water. Okay. Um, However, however, uh, because if, if we if we drink if we drink cold water, it's technically it's not good for you because it shocks the body, and it it, it messes with the heart uh, the heart rate. So we should it's like going into it's like dumping a whole bunch of cold water into your heart, mm-hmm. and it's not really good for us, but. Depending on the temperature of how cold it is, it's it's fine. Room temperature, we don't really do that because it's hot. Mm-hmm. It's 85, 90 degrees uh, in the kitchen, and we need some type of relief from it. Even when we go outside, it's it's still hot. It's 100 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> so we're wearing all these chef coats that, you know, are somewhat thick. The chef pants are thick. Um, we're 
close vicinity to each other. So it's a lot of hot bodies, and especially in the dining area. So we don't get that AC that's blowing for the dining area to the back. So um, at times we just go in the walk-in fridge and we just stay there. Stay in there for a second. Yeah. We just stay there. We just stay there. That's our fridge. That's our AC. That's how we get cooled off. That's We use the walk-in fridge for our frustration because we go in there. Sometimes you get walk-in fridges that you can't hear us from the inside. So we're just cussing up a storm. We're talking like drama and gossip about somebody. Uh, we've had people. We've we've had people. Um, not in my restaurant, but <clears throat> other places, other restaurants. Coworkers just making out with each other. You got servers and cooks. It's just why are okay. you tonguing down this That's person right next to the tomatoes? Like the tomatoes don't deserve that. It's like right. <laughs> You're making a whole sex scene right in front of the right in front of the tri tip. I'm gonna need you to get get somewhere with that. I guess it's gonna be an effort easier. That is so <laughs> funny. He was like, "Not my restaurant, but yeah, I heard rumors." No, no, no. Don't let me catch you in the fridge and you just all up on the bread, the sourdough bread, <laughs> just getting your nasty on. I'm like, sir, ma'am, sir, and ma'am. <laughs> Y'all need to go home and do all that on your own. I don't care what y'all do, but don't do it right next to my chicken wings, okay? I'm going to need that on a plot. <laughs> on a plot, okay? You've got people flirting with each other. People flirt with each other all the time in restaurants. So if you, if you, <laughs> eye, scan, if you eye scan a restaurant, like next time you go to a restaurant, just eye scan it through the, through the employees, you can actually tell who's flirting with which person. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Easily. So there's, 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 just, there's so many lessons in restaurants and food that people need to know about. Oh my gosh. This, but go ahead. <laughs> I almost want this to be a video series. I'm like, like specifically, it's like, just talk about how to move it around. Restaurant yeah. etiquette, should. restaurant been... drama, yeah. restaurant gossip. <laughs> like a mini episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. Boss fingers or bus anime. Hmm. Anime? That's a that's a banger. Banger. That's a banger. I felt it. Yeah. I don't know. You just never know. I, I can feel a fellow yeah. anime fan. Yeah. I can not a fellow. Y'all y'all have Are you a fellow? Aura. Are you one of us? <laughs> I cannot say that I'm. I don't meet the qualifications. Yeah. But I can sense That's another fine. one. You're, you're 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 with me. You'll you'll get there. I you'll, I got married into it. Yeah, I watch medical dramas now, and you'll be watching. There seven, you go. Seven nights. <laughs> 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 enough, don't worry. I'll find the right one for you. A lot of us. Nice. Yeah, a lot of us watch anime. So. Um, yeah, you, you you'll probably see most of us at Comic Con or. Um, you know, I'm over here. I had a whole Dragon Ball Z t-shirt. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's, yeah. Were you one of the kids that learned how to draw all the characters from memory? I was. I can draw for, if it saved my life. I couldn't, I wasn't the best draw person at all. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you like old school. I'm gonna give you some grass. 
I'm gonna give you the sun in the corner. Yeah, I know. Over the clouds. So I got the sun. I feel like two stick figures. All the Dragon Ball, all the Dragon Ball Z fans went through that stage where they're like, maybe if I just like draw the characters on my notebook, and then they like they all went through that. It's like not an artist unless it's Goku, and then I then I'm actually an artist. Yeah, you get the printout. You just I sat at home, sat in class, and you just try and try and try. And then the teacher comes and like snatches it. What are you doing? You're supposed to. I found some like old drawings, and I was like, there's some, there's something here. This young man had talent. You know, man, that was my that's the life where I I didn't give up those like drawing after the teacher ghosted me. So I went to like two classes and we talked about shading and whatnot. I saw the drawing. I just like in the it's in my my, uh, my other sketch diary, and I'm like, then I stopped, and I kind of had to. I'm still working through that in therapy and in life, breaking through the whole like. I went to something and it didn't work out the way, so like I'll never do it again. Like that's <laughs> yeah, but Tavari, what you didn't consider is the fact that that teacher died. That's what you didn't consider. Well, people way, don't just disappear. It's they not do. normal. They do. It is. It's unfortunate. We, He's dead. We can get into all the other stuff, and this is not the trauma podcast. This is the. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and sit on the couch. Let's talk about what's happening in your life. Let's... <laughs> Why don't therapists let you lay on the couch? Why don't therapists let you lay on the couch? You know, I go to therapy and you like, I'm going to sit on the couch and talk about my feelings. That's only for movies. Yeah, they actually don't do that. Even in person. They're like, oh, sit on this couch and look at me in my eyes. Hold on, bro. <laughs> they don't do that. I don't know. I feel like movies get a lot wrong when yeah. it comes to most things, particularly even like the questions that they ask mm-hmm. in the movies, like therapists don't talk like that. Yeah, they, they don't, don't ask those kind of questions. Therapists don't tell you what to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's 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 been movies about chefs that it's like mm, that's not how we do things. That's not quite it. No, yeah, there's 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 a few movies that really show us on how yeah. the old school was and then how we are now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I enjoy those movies. This Thanks, is great. This is a good episode. It was a really good conversation. It's a good, like, catharsis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that my dream, my anxiety dream didn't come true. And this is actually a really, really great episode. We talked a lot. I feel like we can probably talk another hour. Um, but yeah, thanks for, um, oh, now it's happening. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Where can people find you, your restaurant, anything you're promoting? This episode's coming out. Uh, yeah, next Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Um, so they can find me on my Instagram, uh, chef underscore D, uh, period Jones. Um, I have all my videos, uh, from the restaurant and also for myself and my private chef, uh, events on there. Uh, you can also, you know, go on my Instagram and also book me for private events, date nights, birthday parties, uh short films which i do for my clients in hollywood and los angeles as well um they're constantly booking me for stuff so you know my schedule is i'm always working i'm always working yeah yeah um what else did you ask again what else anything you want to promote anything coming up soon um i am working on a project that we actually discussed today um about bringing people together through food and fellowship and they will get a glimpse of 
they will get a full review of what goes on in restaurants, what mm-hmm. goes on in the service industry, um, and also life, le- life lessons as well. So that will be uh, coming in a few months, actually, with my team, my production team, too. So um, we'll have guest speakers on. So yeah. you guys are you guys are welcome to be guest speakers and uh, feature wow. yourselves. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> my speaking career commences. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Hey, we'll be in touch. Um, yeah, you have our number. <laughs> oh yeah, my number. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Yeah, I, I love you guys, being a, Oh yeah, you guys, you guys will, you know, will get a chance to really just tell what you guys, you know, your background and uh, food culture, and um, if possible, if we can meet physically, then you guys be invited to the actual set, and then you know, We're I'll be put- Yeah, hold up. Yeah. We're coming on the set. We're not gonna know how to act. We're sure to embarrass you. Making jokes the whole time. <laughs> no one, no one's knows gonna have to, how to act. So yeah. I'm just putting it right there. I don't know what I'm gonna do at times. You never know. I'm predictable. I'm, I'm unpredictable. But uh, you guys can find me there. Um, you know, I am working on getting getting married. I just proposed to my girlfriend. Uh, last month, so yeah, I saw that. Congratulations! Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Shout out to Morgan. Hi, babe. Um, but uh, hey, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> he's also she also graduated from culinary school too. So it's a wow. it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, it is a match made in heaven. Yeah. she's the only one that'll understand. Let me ask because when I I like I our marriage was a little unconventional because I we we got married first and bought a house first. Before we like, before you got the whole thing and everything, Mm -hmm. I was still I'm still nervous. Like I was like I was nervous going up to it. I had the rings. I got at my parents' house. Had to grab everything in the house. The whole thing had it hidden in the closet. My room for like months. Did a thing. Took her out. The whole thing. It was like I went up for anniversary. Yada yada yada. I was so fucking nervous the whole time. I was like she's gonna be like oh actually now that she proposed I will never. And so what's that experience like for you when you propose? So. We've we've always talked about getting married. Um, even you know the first date, I started like mentally writing down notes. I'm like, okay, she likes this, she likes that. Okay, don't get this, don't do that. Um, <laughs> um, the whole experience was, you know, um, I wasn't nervous until that very moment when I did it. So we went to Temecula uh, to go wine tasting with her family, with some of her family and her coworkers. And I wanted to wait a week because that's when our anniversary of being us being together was at. Um, but something told me, it's like, just do it now. Her mother's yeah. here. Her best friend is there. Her coworkers, her close coworkers are there. Just do it. We went there. We, get, we went to different wineries. And I saw this, <laughs> this layout with like the grass yeah. uh, at a certain area. And I was like, come on, babe, let's go take a picture. So it's like, okay. But well, they're just wine glass. Same thing. Go ahead. She's like, okay. And I was like, let's go take a picture. So we did like these cute like little prom poses and stuff like that. We trying to be funny. And before that, Crockentine, before that, I asked her dad and if I can get the blessing to marry her. And she's like, he was like, I was like, go ahead, son. Sure. <laughs> Welcome to the family. I was like, bet. And um, 
I told her mom right before I proposed, and she gave me the tightest hug ever. Like, she just wouldn't let me go. So I was like, let's take one more picture. And I saw this song. I could play it off. So I was like, I saw this on, like, TikTok or Instagram. Yeah. And then uh, everyone had their phones out. I didn't tell anybody there. They just taking pictures of us. So I got down on one knee. It was like a five-second, like, silence because everyone was just shocked. And then all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, everyone the people came from different areas that were mm-hmm. looking and there was like bridesmaids and the bride that was getting married from other like parties they was like looking like what's happening out there and everyone started bawling just crying i was like and it's like will you be will you be my wife morgan and it's like yes i will and then as soon as i looked up at everyone else tears just water mm-hmm. from everybody I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. She was ready. She was ready. We we're already getting planned, I'm trying yeah. to find venues right now and trying to get people in their place. We already we already got bridesmaids and groomsmen already set. So we're just looking for a place. That is such a cute story. I'm telling like, you, if, so it's so smart to do the picture thing. That's what I'm saying. If you're dating somebody, no and I'm like, way to get them in that positioning. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm everything. always ready to take a photo or to, you know. Especially the so like, person proposing doesn't normally want to take pictures. That's, everybody just think about that because they would be like, oh, you take a picture? Oh, okay. Yeah, me, you might be a changed man. Let me go ahead and the next thing you know, you can post it. It's like, oh, you tricked me. Well, for you, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't weird mm-hmm. because we do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was so shocked because mm-hmm. like, you know, like I said, like we were already married. Mm-hmm. And we had like a conversation mm-hmm. about, oh, we're gonna get married now. Mm-hmm. Like it was like literally we decided like we're almost like we we're planning a vacation. We're like, where should we go? Typical we're us. going here. <laughs> and that's what, what our engagement was like. It was like, oh, let's we are we want to get married, let's mm-hmm. get married. And then we were like, we're engaged now. Like yeah. it, it wasn't this thing. So then for the end, so I really wasn't expecting it. Yeah. And I think that's why. I was so shocked. Like I had that feeling because I imagine when you like, you're talking about it, sure, but you don't have timelines or anything. Imagine if you already got married (laughs) and you're already like, I made it, you know? And it's like, and you're getting that whole experience. So I was really, really shocked. So, so I was like, what are you? I've never I was like, you got some of your shoes. Literally, it was like, I was so shocked and there was nobody out there yeah. Tabari knows me there was yeah. nobody out there except the security guard mm-hmm. <laughs> and the out to him. security guard was just out there it's just like doughy stoic mm-hmm. man and he just comes up to us he's like y'all want me to take y'all picture <laughs> something like that <laughs> so perfect because he was like, I guess I should do something. <laughs> yeah, I thought you least you could do. So I'd be like, oh my god. I didn't even know he was there until he like emerged out of the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> like I was so nervous. We bought we bought a bottle of wine. We got the bottle on the table. I was so I was like, uh, what if yeah. what if what if something for my knee? Oh my knee, my, 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 my suit to get dirty. I was it's in my pocket the whole time. It was a whole man. It was great. And like to this day, to this day, Mm -hmm. like every single day I go out and Mm -hmm. interact with people, I get 
so many compliments on my ring mm -hmm. and I get like I mean it's either a compliment or it's like a comment as they call them where they're just like holy shit <laughs> and I and honestly those are my favorite because I'm like you jealous bug <laughs> and that like like genuinely every time it just reminds me that I'm in a loving relationship and it's like it's one of the most random traditional things about me but yeah. like it just reminds me of, of that night and it reminds me of like how we got together and like everything we have and it's like it's a big ring because we've got big love <laughs> and a big life <laughs> i don't know it's like you can you can make all those assumptions about me because of this and like i don't know what's true for anybody else i can only speak for myself but like that is like what all of that represents yeah mm -hmm. black love black. <laughs> what better way to end the podcast so much for listening to this episode and rocking with us if you really like the episode please leave us a five-star review every review means so much to us you can't wait to see you on the next one